Welcome to Hard Talk, a podcast that looks at how we use technology and specifically ICTs in our daily professional and personal lives. Be it technological advancement in the transport industry, the revolution caused by the mobile phone, I also cover the disruption it is causing in the food and also the building industry. I'm your host, Robert Yawe, an ICT practitioner with over 30 years experience. Welcome to Hard Talk. The objective of this podcast is really to discuss issues to do with IT across the country and in various areas. And I know you've been in this space for a while. Basically, what, what does Rahaka do? Okay, Rahaka is basically an ICT company uh, dealing with ne- networking issues. That would be your intra- intranet and uh, installation of uh, network equipment. Okay. Did you train in IT or what did you train in? Well, uh, my first training was not in IT, was not IT based. If you remember, in the early nineties, there were no institution, no institutions doing formal IT training. Yes, you, you, they were ad hoc institutions doing training for IT. And uh, basically, I was in the Kenya Polytechnic in Nairobi, doing my higher diploma in. Uh, Electrical and electronics engineering. Electrical and electronics. Yes. So not not IT. Not IT. So how did you transition into the IT space? Well, when companies start, started uh, coming up to do IT support, uh, you would find that companies were looking for el- people who had the knowledge in electronics and uh, and electrical backgrounds, who were picked and trained in IT. So what do you think of today when we are taking people straight out of high school and taking them into IT? Do you think they are equipped sufficiently to handle the vast variety of activities that are required in the IT space? Well, that one I would uh, say it is a personal choice for the persons who are coming out from the universities and uh, colleges. Some of them are just going there for papers. They do not have the, the, passion. the passion for IT. Okay. If you hadn't done electrical engineering, yes. do you think you'd have been uh, as effective at what you do today as you you are? Yes, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will not. <laughs> I would not be effective enough. <laughs> what do you think lacks? People nowadays are just doing uh, courses to earn papers, and they're not doing the courses because they have a passion for whatever uh, uh, they're doing in IT. You will find that somebody has trained in hardware, yet he does not even have a simple idea what uh, what what he's doing, uh, what 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 he's uh, following. I know you do a bit of data center work. Do you find that if I only knew software programming as well alone, would I be able to to handle such a project? Well, some people would would be able to handle such projects uh, depending on their personal... uh, (laughs) Some people have a passion to follow up uh, with little background in in the designs of data centers. But some people with software knowledge only will not do that. Do you think there's any qualification that would make somebody then a single qualification? Because you said in the 90s there was no one doing formal training. Yes. Is there anybody today doing any formal training that would give somebody the full spectrum of what is required to handle ICT infrastructures today? Well, uh, not everybody, but some people would do that. 
I would not rule out uh, the fact that uh, some people are ambitious enough to gain knowledge in uh, construction, uh, designs of uh, data centers, or even the basic uh, IT infrastructure. But is there anybody in your knowledge, in your, do you think, is there anybody out there who is running programs, training courses that would give somebody the vast skill base required? Well, we've, we've seen people like Huawei coming in and uh, offering companies uh, a, a hand in training people in uh, handling infrastructure. But doesn't Huawei bring you a full assembled data center? And all most people have to do is just put it together. Plug and play. Plug and play. <laughs> Was it plug and pray? It's, it's a plug and pray because yeah. most of the engineers will not understand power issues, cooling, cooling issues. Um, access, uh, access control, and uh, many other stuff that will, will, would vary from one uh, data center to the other because every client has a different requirement for his, dat his data center depending on size and uh, say the footprint of the data center. Okay. Do you think there's been a convergence of uh, various fields that before were independent such as uh, UPS power supply, for example, oh yes, oh yes. CCTV, and uh, and the structured cabling. Oh yes, the convergence is there, because uh, you'll find that in 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 the olden days, there in the past we've been doing data center. The power, the person who's uh, who's doing power, can cannot do uh, the cooling because it will give you a, 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 an AC that is not meant for the data center. Or he might give you specification for power that are not sufficient enough for your uh, your data center. Okay. What about things like CCTV? Is it, is it are we seeing a convergence? Yes, we are, because now nowadays we need to monitor our data centers. Who's coming in? Who's going out? Uh, we have intelligent uh, cameras which will uh, will allow you to get into a data center that is comes in as a matter of access control and many other things. <laughs> what, what, in your experience, what, what do you think is the biggest problem that data centers are having today? Well, 99% of the problems we're having in uh, data centers is a power problem because uh, we do not have proper design for how you, you manage the power in, in the data center. People would give you power supplies or uh, would give you power sources for your equipment without uh, ratings. Some of them will give you power, power ratings that are not sufficient for your equipment. Uh, you will get power that is uh, not meant to be in the data center because people will pull in raw power. <laughs> people would put drilling sockets in your data center instead of using the, the correct designs for the cabinets and uh, the power supplies in, in, in which are meant to be in the data center. You talked of raw power. What's the difference? The other one is what? Cooked power? <laughs> <laughs> well, raw power is the power that you get directly from your generator or your power utility supply company. Well, we only have one here, so you can name them. Uh, <laughs> I don't need to name them. You know it. <laughs> so are you, are, you are you indicating that taking raw power from the utility company and pumping it straight into your data center 
is a problem. Shouldn't it be? It's a risk, not even a problem, because we don't know when it will fluctuate. We don't know when it will go off. It is, it is a nightmare. So in other words, the power that's provided directly by the utility company is not right for IT equipment. Well, I would say that in confidence. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, how do you make sure, how do we make sure that then what needs to be put between then the data center equipment and the utility power? Oh, yes. We mitigate by putting in uh, inverters, uh, voltage stabilizers, uh, UPSs, and other protective equipment in between uh, the data center and uh, the power supplied by the utility company. Would that apply also for generator power? Well, generator power is uh, basically depending on maintenance from uh, the client side because the utility company does not have... Uh, but is the, is the power from a generator then cleaner than the utility power? Well, it's not cleaner because you, you know generators fluctuate as they start up and as they go down. So, yeah. Then do you think maybe we should be moving away and maybe towards uh, solar or other? Oh, yes. Solar, first, we know it's green power, clean power. And uh, moving into solar will solve a lot of issues that we're having in our data centers. And we can use it as a sec second power utility company from, for ourselves. Oh, okay. Although you do know that uh, Uptime Institute says that your utility company should become your backup power. And you need to have sufficient power for yourself to at least keep yourself up for 48 hours. Do you think we have the capacity to generate enough solar to run most of our data centers? Yes, we do. The only thing uh, that we have, because we are a country that is under the sun 24-7. <laughs> there can't be 24-7. <laughs> but at least I know we do eight hours of, 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 of but sunshine. You see, but, but, but you see, even in our country, we do not need the sunshine because the solar, the solar systems nowadays do not depend on solar, on, uh, on sun power. We, we just need the infrared from the, from the sun. Okay, and infrared is not visible. It's not visible, you cannot. Okay, so how do we know it is coming? Uh, we'll, we will check by <laughs> using. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need to see. We are Africans, man. We need to see. Hmm? You, you, you want to buy a generator, you have to see it. <laughs> Don't spec it. Hmm? Synaptic Solutions is an ICT company dedicated to enabling infrastructure visibility. We provide smart monitoring of your data facilities by implementing intelligent environment monitoring systems. For more, contact us on plus 254-7294-83385 or email us on smartdatacenter at synaptic.co.ke. Synaptic, spelt S-Y-N-A-P-T-E-C-H. Synaptic Solutions. Enabling infrastructure visibility. So is power the only major requirement for, for the data center to be up? No, 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 no. The other requirements like uh, the, the cooling, uh, things like uh, balancing the power in the, in, in the data center, and other small things that would uh, rise up because of, depending on the size of the data center as well. When you talk of cooling, yes, uh, 
how do we make sure that the cooling is also effective throughout when the when there's maybe the utility power is gone well uh depending on the design initial design of your data center you, if you have the right equipment you will have the right cooling because most people think that just just by putting an uh, air conditioner in your data center is sufficient enough. No, it's not. An air conditioner is not meant for the data center. It's meant for your home or office. But is that what we've been using? We just buy the same uh, split unit that we use in the reception. It's the same one we use in the data center. So it creates cooling. Yes, that's because we said initially people just design data centers as if they're designing their own homes. Are you suggesting that uh, the AC that we use in the office won't work in uh, in a data center? And why not? It will work, but it will not do the job that it's supposed to do. <laughs> I thought its job is just to keep the place cool. Uh, no, you're not. You're, you're supposed to cool the room when it it is supposed to be cooled, not to cool the room throughout the day. So is it cooling all, or is there something else that the data center needs to have done to make sure that it's it, it's able to maintain lower temperatures? It's not only cooling. You have to design it in a way that you know how your equipment is placed in the data center. Because you'll find that some people are cooling the data center from the back of the uh, of their cabinets where the heat is being extracted from their equipment. But if your head is feeling hot, you don't put ice on your leg. So you put ice on the head because it is hot. But that's not the way the machines work. The machines work in a different way. They suck in cool air and extract hot air from the, from the back. Oh, so we shouldn't be cooling the hot air that's coming out. Uh, why should you? Does your, da, does your car, does your car <laughs> cool the exhaust? Where, why did they build the exhaust on your... <laughs> on the rear. <laughs> radiator on, on... Why did the they put the radiator at the exhaust? At the <laughs> because that is where the heat is coming from. <laughs> but we do know that out there you walk around and you will find that being a very common issue. Oh yes, it's a common practice. Would, do you think it's the people designing it who are the problem, or is it because of uh, trying to solve a problem that has, exist, has suddenly arisen? Well, I would say it is the lack of, uh, lack of knowledge, because we just think we need to cool this thing. We would as well put a fridge in the data center. That would be a good idea, especially if we have some beer in it. <laughs> because the IT manager would <laughs> like to do <drink> some. <laughs> Yeah, we use, uh, it's cooling. You see, I, I well, basically in a data center, it's not just cooling. We need to have uh, an ambient temperature for the equipment to work properly. What's the recommended ambient temperature? Between uh, 20 and 23. Okay. Not 16. No, no, no. 16, you would be cooling down everything in the data center, and it will cause uh, other issues to arise like, DU forming in the equipment, causing moisture in the in your electronic parts, and that would cause uh, other issues, such as well, uh, you would have such short circuits because. But uh, it's moisture; it's not water. Moisture and water are, n are related; they are brothers and sisters. How does moisture cause a short circuit? When it lands on your electronic uh, parts, it would cause. Uh, a, a myriad of problems like <laughs> actual condensation. <laughs> condensation. 
So it is possible that if you overcool your data center, you could end up causing more problems. Oh, yes. Uh, is it possible then to keep uh, the cooling running on when the mains for the utilities, for example, has gone off? Yes, you will need to do some cooling. So, but how do you do it? Because I know most people, when power goes, it's like the lift in a building. When there's no power, the lift is the first one to go off. You have to mitigate by putting up uh, uh, equipment that can run on UPSs, can run on inverters. So you can get AC equipment that will run on... Yes, we have a few companies inverters. that produce very good equipment that run on low power, can run on U UPSs. Is it the UPS that is able to, or is it the type of... Of AC, of cooling equipment. It's the type of cooling equipment, equipment, not the UPS. Oh, so I shouldn't take one of these normal uh, UPS cooling equipment ACs and just plug it into the UPS. You will kill the UPS immediately. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. In other areas of uh, the new areas in IT, what where do you think we are going? Well... Like now, I can see most companies are running towards cloud uh, computing and such stuff. So what do you think the impact will be on, on the industry when, when people move to cloud? Well, at the moment, there are so many fears. But uh, with time, we'll be running companies which do not run any data centers. Because all, the, all, all our servers and all our, all our data will be somewhere in the cloud. Where is this cloud? In the sky. <laughs> <laughs> but then if it's in the clouds, there's condensation. <laughs> and you told me, you see, just said that uh, we should not overcool the data center because of condensation. No, cloud is... Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, but you see, everybody keeps talking of cloud, cloud, cloud. Now, if you tell me about cloud, the one, there has to be aircrafts to go up to the clouds or with balloons... <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking about cloud, we are not talking about uh, the virtual clouds that we see up uh, up in our skies every day. We are talking about uh, servers that are out there in the in the internet. <laughs> so where is this internet? Is it somewhere? Is it a place? Is it? Can we go there? Yeah, you can go there. You, like when Rayla wanted to go and <laughs> see the servers. <laughs> well, they all. I thought. I th I thought the court even give uh, <laughs> there was even a court order for order for them to open the computers. So would they have seen the clouds, or would the clouds have risen from uh, the computers when they were opened? Because uh. the servers were supposed to be opened, and we were told uh, that the IEBC refused. <laughs> so um, I guess that is a question we should ask them, <laughs> because they are the ones who went to the cloud to see the servers. Well, since they accepted the result, it seems they were shown this, the cloud. Maybe, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the BBI is coming in. <laughs> Don't you think that, that basically that is because we seem to be throwing a lot of words around? Yes. And uh, it's possible we have no understanding of about course. what they mean. A, a lot of words. In IT, there is a lot of words that we do not understand. We just use acronyms, short forms. It's become like the WhatsApp of... Uh, of of the IT industry, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, yeah, talking of acronyms, we've got uh, things like this. We keep hearing about IoT. What exactly is it? 
IoT basically is the Internet of Things. There's an Internet of, of Things. There's another Internet. Yes, there's another Internet of Things. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so how do we get these things into the cloud? These things get into the cloud <laughs> via our <laughs> connections into the Internet. Your machines, your computers, your fridge, your car. Fridge. Yes. But you just said we don't put the fridge in the data center. Yes, but nowadays we are doing fridge. We can even t your fridge can even tell you that there are two tomatoes remaining, so you need to replenish. Now your fridge now decides to send you an SMS or to send you an email. Is it that dangerous? It's not dangerous. Uh, it's, it's cool enough. There are no waves, because for it to do that, there must be some waves it's releasing into the fridge. They are calling them intelligent houses or intelligent equipment. But are the consumers intelligent enough to understand? Because now you see if the fridge now decides that it could even close the door and say, you have eaten too much, so no more opening the fridge. Uh, then you would have to <laughs> go to the... <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, it's one thing, because I, I know we walk around with things we call smartphones. And since I keep seeing people unable to let go of their phones, so you start wondering... Uh, who is ruling who? Is it the smartphone that oh is smarter than us? Because yes, yes. then now you tell me that the fridge now will also become smart. If uh, the fridge is smart, it will decide how many times you eat in a day. So how many times it's, go it's gonna it's gonna open in a day. So if it if it decides that it's going to open in the morning and in the afternoon, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you I, I believe you have some experience in high power. Oh yes, I do. Transmission. Yes. And uh, do you think that we have a good enough or a stable enough infrastructure to handle transmission of high voltage across the country? Yes, we do. Uh, yes, we do. We do have a potential. We do have uh, uh, the, the right people doing that. Uh, I think Ketraco is doing that at the moment. Mm. So if there's power everywhere, why, why is it that everybody's still running back to, the to Nairobi? Because I'm told we still receive 7,000 new immigrants. immigrants into the city of Nairobi every day. It's a tradition. We cannot stop it. <laughs> it started from our grandfathers. It went to our fathers. And now it passed our generation. Uh, we are, I think, the, f the fourth or the fifth generation that is coming into towns. It's, co it, it's basically rural urban migration. <laughs> so why, wa why were we devolving if, if everybody still wants to come back to the city? Devolution uh, was a political move, not <laughs> an understanding of what problems we had. We had, we had like 22, uh, at that time we were doing up to 28 ministers right. for, for the whole country. Now we are doing 22 for every county. Times, 40 times 47. Plus the diaspora. Plus the CS1, the ones for the na federal or national government as yes. well. Okay. Now back to, to technology. Do you feel that we can build sufficient cloud capacity ourselves or will we become totally dependent on foreigners coming to provide cloud services? Because as we know, we've lost, we no longer do email. We have given it away to Google and the rest. Yes. So are we going to be spectators as we move into the cloud? Uh, more or less, we are, we are already spectators. We are not going to have our own cloud because I know uh, with politics, 
in this country you can move you cannot move anything so it's political issue it's not a case of capacity it's not a case of capacity capacity we have but politically we don't have the goodwill so if we are then going to become spectators in this space what happens to all the people we are training because we are busy telling the youth to go and learn about ICTs and the rest so if slowly we are going to move everything away to foreign platforms then what do we do with all this tech skill we are developing well it will just become the way google is doing it brain drain we are being drained. We, we, train, we train very beautiful minds here, very brilliant minds. At the end of the day, you'll find that uh, somebody is, a, is an IIT uh, guru somewhere in Europe or somewhere in, uh, in the Americas. Just like India, they produce the greatest minds, but they are the only ones who are being imported into US and everywhere. But for the Indians, they are now running three of the largest IT companies in the world. For us, all we provided was uh, a, a, a part of the contribution to the American president. <laughs> <laughs> could, 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 could it be an indication that maybe we, it's, not about, uh, it's not our brains that are required by the rest of the world? <laughs> well, totally, I would disagree with that. <laughs> because uh, uh, you, you'll find that we, we have brilliant minds here. The only thing that we do not have is people who can push these minds into reaching their peak in, in whatever they're doing. But recently, there were, again, the great minds you're talking about, a number of Kenyans were arrested in Rwanda uh, where, they were, where they, do, they were involved in cybercrime. Yes. Is that how we are going to use our minds, by sending out people to go and become uh, thugs of a different type? Well... You invest in the thugs, you will not have thugs. So how, how do we invest in them? Because like, like we s you're saying, uh, we might never, we have the capacity to put up cloud, but we just don't have the will to do it. So shouldn't we then just tell young men and your ladies to go and do tailoring or carpentry? You know, the kind of jobs that really Google can't come and take over. We are doomed. We put up EVZ zones that uh, you do all these tailoring jobs. Uh, an apparel comes from here, goes to the US, and it's sold at $600. When it comes back here, it's $10,000. You can't afford even what you've made here. But now that we are talking of EPZs, we had a lot of noise some years back about uh, call centers and BPOs. Uh, shouldn't that then be what we should concentrate on? Again, uh, like I said, uh, the political will is what will but it seems br break, or break or make here. Let's, uh, let's look at it then. Of all the, the projects you've done in, in ICT, how many of them were government projects? None. So, in other words, you don't, really, you don't survive based on government jobs? I don't survive based on government jobs. I survive in the private sector. So government should not be what determines whether we make progress or not? Yes. Since you're surviving without them. I'm, uh, I'm surviving through them. <laughs> by paying my taxes. <laughs> AVTech is a leading systems integrator that provides environmental monitoring for your data center, server rooms, and even cold storage facilities. We are inspiring imagination. We are striving for innovation. Together, we are advancing world-class integration. These products are available in Kenya from Synaptic Solutions. AVTech. IT and facilities environment monitoring made easy. W what's, what's your take on uh, 
the installation of uh, things like CCTV in buildings and uh, people's personal security, uh, what we call it, privacy. Personal space. Yes. Do you feel that uh, installing all these cameras around is going is affecting our privacy? Well, to some extent, yes. But to the good of uh, our our security, no. <laughs> so we have to sacrifice. Yes. Either we want security, or we want personal space. Or we want personal space. So we should stop complaining about all the cameras that were put around by by so government. They were not. I thought they were not done to frustrate us. They were done for our good. Yes, they were done for our good because uh, at least nowadays, you would if you would have an incident, you can follow up uh, via uh, via uh, re uh, recordings that are based in the government or um, cloud. Cl <laughs> <laughs> So does the government have a cloud, actually? Personally, I, would, I don't know if our government has. <laughs> I, I, I would like to, f to follow up with the CA. <laughs> whether we have a cloud. Mm, if we have a cloud. What, what do you think of the, the people we are graduating with uh, so-called IT skills? Are you, finding them, are you finding that they have the required skills to do what, to meet kind of labor you require for your to work. meet the market yes well uh, to some extent yes but uh, you'll find that practically some of them are uh, are questionable in in what sense is it that because if they have the papers i thought it it would mean that they have well, the uh, the necessary uh, skills to uh, to do the work you see when the rubber meets the road is when you know what these papers mean, as in when you put them to the task. So could it then be that that is what, so the, the unemployment we are making noise about, is it because there are no jobs, or is it because that maybe the, the people coming out of our institutions are not uh, equipped sufficiently? Yes, I would say they are not fully baked. They are just half-baked. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, and until the next podcast, this is your host, Robert Yahweh. Until next time, hard talk. This podcast is hosted by Robert Yahweh, and the content is based on articles written on the monthly magazine CIO East Africa. Production is done by Acute Media.